0: Hello, plant and fungi fans out there. It's Sid Harvey Griffith from Permatours, a nonprofit that brings people together to exchange skills and knowledge through permaculture action and natural building focus events that support biodiversity, personal growth, and the resilience of local communities. Today, I am at Maine Fungi Fest 2023, a gathering to celebrate all things, fungi, plant-based healing, and evolving consciousness. I have the great pleasure of interviewing some of the event's awesome speakers, educators, vendors, and participants. So let's kick it off. I'll turn it over to you, our guest, to introduce yourself, and then we'll begin our interview.
1: Hi, I'm CJ Spotswood. I go by the Entheo nurse. I'm a psychiatric nurse practitioner here in Maine. I've been working with psychedelic medicines for over five years, doing education. I've done work with psychedelics today, psychedelic.support, Uh, writing their eight-hour psychedelic education, psilocybin education program, and recent graduate of the CIIS Certificate of Psychedelic Therapy and Research, and the author of the Microdosing Guidebook.
0: Awesome. Thank you for that intro, CJ. So can you tell me, how did you get to this place of educating people on the healing power of fungi? What's the story there?
1: Yeah, So I've been a psychiatric nurse for over 20 years, and I really jumped into this more about five, six years ago, when I had a patient come into the emergency department with a first time psychotic break, um, they were in their late uh, 50s, no history of psychosis, did a full medical workup, trying to figure out what was going on. And then, after about two days, when they started coming out of it, they had mentioned that they had been using the penis envy mushroom to help treat their depression, which I knew of from the old research but didn't know a whole heck of a lot about and I jumped right in and this was a couple months before Michael Pollan's book came out and after that I guess the pollinization of America just came out more and more. I was very interested and I started doing education uh, both nationally and internationally for nurses and healthcare providers and just the general public and uh, as I've been doing that more it, just seeing it grow and people asking questions is just absolutely amazing.
0: Wow, yes, that is. Can you expand a bit on your latest book?
1: Yeah, so I wrote the microdosing guidebook. Um, it's kind of a, it came out uh, last year on Bicycle Day, actually, um, I ended up, was working on a project with a friend, Tara Lee Weathers, and as I was working on this, doing a microdosing, I came up with the idea for a handbook to kind of, in that microdosing group, to kind of answer questions and help people out and kind of, to that way they could learn how to microdose. And during that time, it was a six week uh, program. And during that time when I put the handbook together, I'd let people know, you know, I am not your psych provider. I'm not giving you medical advice, bring this to your provider. So that way they can answer your questions as they're going about it. And that's when the light bulb kind of came over my head. And I was like, there is so much more to this. This is what I would want if my patient came to me and I, uh, ran with it and I end up getting a publisher and was very fortunate to have this. It makes it so that way people, there's a lot of information out there on microdosing, but there really isn't a lot that's readily accessible, I feel, for people. And the answers are all over the place. Um, and me with my medical background and my medical expertise to it, I can kind of speak to that other part. And that's why Terrilee had asked me to doing it because she was getting all of these questions as a microdose coach, like drug on drug interactions and different medical conditions and things like that, that she was like, I'm over my head. Can you jump in and help me with this? And I ended up putting it together, um, three parts in the book. The first part is on microdosing, how to find your dose, what it is, why it might be helpful, different conditions. The second part of the book is a little bit heavier, a little bit deeper, where it goes into the actual medical um, piece. I wrote this specifically for uh, medical providers, so it's at that higher level of like drug-on-drug interactions, all of it cited so that way they can go back and read the information of where I'm extrapolating this information from. And the last part of the book is a six-week microdosing journey, kind of bringing some of the, psychotherapy piece of thinking about uh, journaling, such as, you know, where is my place in the world? What, where is my mood at? How is my anxiety? And every week kind of goes in with helping to find the dose and, and zero it in for the individual. I found it very useful for myself. I found it very useful for other people. And the part that I didn't really expect off, this, off, uh, off the gate was, I've been very open with it and I've had many patients who have come in to see me as a clinician asking me if I know anything about psychedelics, specifically microdosing, and not knowing that I've written this book. They just came out and said, hey, I've I've heard about microdosing, do you know anything about it? I was like, in fact, I do. My first patient ever when I was out of school as a clinician without having anyone there was actually this nice uh, later 60-year-old woman who was like, as we're doing the psyche eval, she goes, do you know anything about microdosing? I was like, actually, I do know a little bit. What do you know? And she kind of kind of talked about it. She goes, okay, so now what do you know? I go, actually, quite a bit. I wrote a book on it. She was like, <laughs> she looked at me and was like, F you. And I was like, no, seriously. She goes, I was gonna prove it. So I had her Google search. She rings up her phone and Google searches. And she goes, wow, I guess this is like the perfect sign that my provider does know how about going about this. And in the back of my mind, I'm going, you have no idea. You're my first patient literally ever. This is a sign that what I'm doing is right and where I'm going in, in this path. And I wrote about that. Like the book was not finished as finished publishing. So I had to kind of put that into the book. And I haven't seen her since to, <laughs> for her to realize that. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, it was, it's been very interesting. And I'm very fortunate with the hospital that I work for with my psychedelic work, they have been very open with having me uh, talking about this with my patients and other providers within uh, the rest of the system will come over and do a one-time consult with me sometimes to kind of look at um, how do I go about this? How do I look at like from a risk reduction or harm reduction to go about and do it safely with medications and, and things like that. I don't talk about how to source or how to go about it. but. How it's, uh, if someone's going to go out and do it, they're going to go do it on their own. So I want them to go in knowing what they're going to know, setting uh, up the safe set and setting, and having their intention there. Because if they're going to do it, I think they need, for the best outcomes, doing it in in a mindful way.
0: Absolutely. Great point there. What advice would you give to medical professionals who are interested in getting into this sector of healing work?
1: educate yourself. I mean right now one of the issues I see oftentimes for providers in here is they have this level of uncomfort uncomfortability where they don't want to talk about it or they feel that they can't and kind of my my talk to them is you know we're talking about you know having less alcohol intake quitting smoking, if someone's using um, opioid medications, you know, wanting needle exchanges, things like that. Talking about psychedelics is no different because that's the the piece that people are doing it. So I come from that harm reduction, but I like to refer to it as risk reduction because there, these substances aren't inherently harmful, but they do have risks and you want to kind of try to mitigate them. And I see a lot of the providers out there um, who don't feel comfortable the older ones typically do because they've kind of lived through the, this before. But the, a lot of the younger ones who are like around my age were around during the eighties with the whole, this is your brain on drugs and the, uh, the frying pan and the egg and thinking of these, these things are going to kill them or ruin their brains, whatever and trying to reeducate them that that's not the case. And here's the rest of the information and you know, from the fifties and sixties, there was over 10,000 clinical papers that were published covering over 40,000 patients using these in controlled settings and and we we forget about that. And we forget about the history and the lineage that was there before, not even, not just that, but also the the years and years of naturalistic use that's happened that people have been using these psychedelic substances for thousands of years. So really it's for clinicians to feel comfortable, have those resources out there, um, feel supported, you know, there's different resources such as the uh, Psychedelic Medicine Coalition, there's the Psychedelic Medicine Association, there's ones for pharmacologists, uh, Open Nurses for Nurses uh, is, is another one that's active. So there's groups out there where people, and I think the more that we talk about it and getting outside of that, uh, that psychedelic... Uh, w- closet and feel comfortable talking about it. The more we're going to have this normalized and the more that people are going to be open to talking about it because people are asking when we're seeing it on 60 Minutes and other pop culture, um, news, things like that. We know that the patients are asking, so we need to have that and feel comfortable in that and if you don't, my, my advice to those healthcare providers is, you know, don't shut them down. Have the conversation with the patient and say, you know, I don't feel comfortable. I don't know. But here's the resources there. Here's another provider that can talk to you about it or, or send them into those other places that they can find out information themselves. Because if you shut it down, it's over. Right. You lose that rapport with the patient.
0: Right, right. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you. How have you personally navigated the legal landscape or developed your own sense of comfortability speaking publicly about this ever-evolving topic?
1: It's, it's come with time and practice and uh, mindfully thinking of the approach. I mean, when I first really got into this, I went and I was presenting at the American Psychiatric Nurses Association's national conference about five years ago. And it was the first time they had ever had any talks on psychedelics and I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I never even told my school I was going. I was still in school at the time uh, to present and when I went there, I knew it was going to be all psychiatric nurses and it was going to be people who work in substance use disorders and things like that. So I didn't know what what to expect knowing I'm going to be going in talking about the pro use of drugs basically. That being said, it was about 500 people standing room only. People were sitting on the floors to hear it. And as I'm hitting these different points, I just see the whole audience nod in agreement. And then the rest of the week there, people were telling me, you know, it was a great talk. I really enjoyed it. There were some people who were coming up and saying, you know, I'm sorry, I missed it. Um, It was very exciting. It was just different. And from there, I kind of really realized I'm onto something here. I want to talk about this more. I want to get this out here. So I've had a few stumbling blocks for myself where I've kind of questioned, am I causing career suicide, that being one. And at that conference, the, uh, one of my professors that were there, I didn't tell that I was there. I was going to do that, she's like, we need to talk when we get back. And when we get, got back, she was like, I loved your talk. I want you to come talk to the class about it. I want you to kind of go about this. And then uh, my school was very proactive in, in helping me realize this is not abnormal. This is going to be the future, and feeling that comfort. When I same thing when I came out with the book, uh, I didn't know how that was going to kind of go, but it was kind of uh, welcomed with open arms and feeling comfort in that. So I realized that you know, I, as uncomfortable as I am, there is that market of people that are looking for this as an answer, and I feel that you know. By, by doing this and having that talk in the comfort level and kind of learning from where the questions go to kind of like feel pushing the envelope a little bit more to the point where literally I'm opening, having these conversations with patients that are coming in to see me and comforted by the hospital, having other providers sending them my way.
0: Wow, that is super encouraging to hear, very exciting. Speaking of which, um, what have your patients shared with you about their experiences trying psychedelic mushrooms?
1: One The biggest ones I can think of offhand was that I met a lady last year here at the Fungi Fest um, doing a book signing, and she came over and talked to my wife and I, and she had was talking about her husband who had uh, prefrontal dementia, I believe it was, and he had suffered a stroke. During the time of suffering a stroke, he lost um, he lost the sensation and the use of his right side, I believe it was, and he did medical treatment. He did the follow the uh, standard Western medicine. He followed all of the, the PT and all of that, and they had said to him at the end of the year, "You give it one year and follow treatment. That's probably the best you're ever going to do." That wasn't a good enough answer for them, and they had uh, obtained um, some chocolate that contained psilocybin, and she was telling me how within six weeks of microdosing, not only did he feel sensation in that right side again, but he also regained movement. Um, And his mood had improved, his symptoms of dementia had improved. um, And just having that where, you know, following that standard Western medicine, the the hope was gone and here it was a change. Another huge testimonial I've have is I have a patient I've been working with for about two years now who has pretty significant depression um, and at my practice we have patients are still wearing masks and you just see how flat her affect was and just withdrawn and, and just markedly markedly depressed um and as we've been working together about uh, a month ago six weeks ago i saw her and she came in and for the first time she was smiling i could see it in her cheeks because she was wearing the mask and you just see it and i said you're smiling what is the difference what have you been doing and and we've done some med trials we've moved around she's been on meds for a long time and she goes actually my daughter was, uh, came and visited. She came from Oregon. She brought me some chocolate uh, that has psilocybin. I've been microdosing. Can we talk about that? I was like, absolutely. And she really didn't know that I was doing this work either on microdosing. So a lot of people don't know and I don't spread the word, but I, I, there's things that in my office that if people will feel comfortable. I have mushrooms in there and a couple of books on my bookshelf kind of, if, if you know, you know, type of thing. And, uh, it was just like amazing to see like her depression and her life changed in that micronosing time in between seeing her that I have not been able to do with standard Western medicine. She's not been able to do also doing her work and doing the psychotherapy and, and all of that. So it was huge, huge uh, drastic changes.
0: Mm, beautiful. I love hearing those stories. So where can people learn more from you, CJ? How can people find you online?
1: Online, uh, I'm on Entheonurse for um, both Instagram and on Facebook. i have also, and on Twitter. uh, I'm active. All of my social media is on uh, Entheonurse. My website is Entheonurse.com as well.
0: Awesome.
1: Appreciate it. Thank you for being here and helping share the word with everyone.